Hello and welcome to the Victory Bell, the podcast. I am your host, Paul Oren, the founder and editor of thevictorybell.com, a newsletter and website dedicated to Valparaiso University Athletics. If you're not yet a subscriber, please go to thevictorybell.com and sign up. $5.99 a month, $59.99 for the entire year. Gets you all the content emailed to your inbox. You get the full archive of the site dating all the way back to February of 2022 when we launched the site. And your support means the world to me now more than ever. And we'll we'll touch on that in a second. And uh, really, again, thevictorybell.com. This podcast, as always, free to all. You can find it wherever you get your podcasts at. I know that there's been a change. Stitcher went away. Google Pods is evolving, if not completely out. But still, Apple Pods, Spotify, SoundCloud, you, you can you can get this podcast all over the place. This episode today is really just me talking for a little bit about the last couple days surrounding Valparaiso University Athletics and, and the tough weekend that it was. I'm going to walk you through it. Uh, I, I set out to cover four games in four days. Didn't really happen that way. And, uh, and, and let's just jump into it right away here. Um, going back to Thursday, this would have been Thursday, October 5th. Big game at Brown Field. It was Valpo against Illinois State, and it looked like this was going to be an opportunity for Valpo women's soccer to get three points and get kind of back into the mix for a conference championship. They won the regular season championship last year. They were picked second behind Missouri State this year. They battled Missouri State to a draw last week or two weeks ago now. But really, this was going to be an opportunity to get a team uh, coming in that, that Valpo's you know better than. They're better than Illinois State, and, uh, and, and it was a hard-fought game early on. Illinois State, uh, about midway through the first half, they score a goal. Haley Glover uh, gets one in, and uh, Illinois State takes the lead. And then in the second half, there's a handball inside the box. Valpo gets a penalty kick. Addie Joyner drills at home for, uh, for the game-tying goal and sets off a wild finish to the match where there were 42 fouls, 10 yellow cards, including seven in the last half hour, including two back-to-back right after Addy's penalty kick, where uh, the goalkeeper, Audrey Brown for Illinois State, started kind of going crazy, uh, screaming, talking trash to Addy Joyner, who, by her own admission, and you can read about this at thevictorybell.com, talked back a little bit. Senior uh, midfielder Allie Anderson runs over to kind of get in the middle of those two. Allie gets a yellow card. Audrey Brown gets a yellow card. And then there are just a bunch of yellow cards after that. I didn't think that was going to be the high point of the weekend, that that kind of hilarity that, that, that took place. Uh, the next night, the Valpo volleyball team, they took on Illinois State. And this was a special match going into it. Kara Cooper was coming back. Uh, transfer away from Valpo. And, and, and transfer is such a weird word in this situation. She was a graduate of Valpo. She put in her four years. She came to Valpo out of Laporte. She graduated. And she was, because of the COVID eligibility, they the NCAA gave an additional year of eligibility to everybody. Kara got an additional year, the chance to work on her master's degree. She wanted to get her master's in accounting. Valpo doesn't offer that particular program. So Kara transferred to Illinois State and they were off to a 4-12 and start in the year. They played a really hard non-conference schedule, but here comes Kara into the arc and 
Illinois State sweeps Valpo on Friday night. Uh, 25-21, 25-22, 25-20 was the final. And it was only uh, the, the, well, coming into the match or coming into the season, Valpo had very rarely, it had been like six years, I think, since Valpo had lost a match in a sweep where they scored 20 or more in every set. And now that's happened two out of the last three matches because it happened against, I believe it was Northern Iowa in uh, in Cedar Falls. Valpo lost 21-20-21. And so Valpo was right there in this match, but it was just, it was it was a poor, poor match. They hit 156. They, uh, it just was a struggle. The team met for about a half hour in the locker, in the team room after the match. And, and then the players exited a different way. They didn't come out onto the court. Karen Avery didn't come on back out onto the court after the match. And everyone just kind of left the arena. And so I didn't even write about that game. I mean, you know, despite standing there for a while, you know, it just, um, that was tough. That, that was, that was tough. And so the idea going into the weekend for me was I wanted to try to see all the, the major fall sports, I wasn't going to be able to get to tennis. They were competing in the Valley Individual Championships in Springfield. And 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 the misery that a lot of the Valpo teams felt this weekend carried over to them. Um, Olivia Sherwanka was upset in the first round. Moira Silva got injured, had to w- retire in the first round. Um, really just not not the expectation, not the showing that the team had going, or the expectation they had going into it. Lillian Kelly did make the championship match of the Flight 7 singles, uh, came up short in the title match. Not the uh, not the weekend that they were looking for here. Uh, so that was tough, and, and I knew I wasn't going to get to Springfield. But I did, going into the weekend, thought, do I stay in Valpo, and do I go to both volleyball matches I, they they were selling girls uh, celebrating girls and women in sport on Saturday, which I thought would have been a really fun match to be at against Bradley. But I thought, you know what, I was going to take advantage of the fact that Valpo football was on the road at Drake on Saturday, and Valpo soccer, women's soccer, was on the road at Drake on Sunday. So let's go to Des Moines. Why not? And so that was the plan. So I covered volleyball Friday night. That went the way that we said it went. And then, uh, then I hopped in the car 5.15 in the morning on Saturday and uh, drove to Des Moines. At least that was that was the plan. And if you follow the Victory Bell on Instagram, which is just the Victory Bell on, at Instagram, you, you would have seen my story that I had throughout. But if, if you didn't, here's what happened. So uh, earlier in the week, I had had a, a problem with my car. My, I, I, I'd gone to the store. And when I came out, my car wouldn't start. And uh, like it turned over a little bit and there was some like, like a smell coming out of the engine, which wasn't great. And, uh, and so I got it, I called the mechanic and I was going to, or called the tow truck, uh, AAA, and was going to get it towed to a mechanic. And he comes and he gives it a jump and it starts just fine. And he goes, you know, I don't know what your issue was, but it's starting just fine. And and so I said, can I drive it? And he said, yeah, yeah, drive it. So I drove it home and it was fine. And uh, I went to get my oil changed uh, next day and just said, hey, can you take a look, you know, quickly at this and just see what you see? Is everything in the right spot? And every, there was no smell. There was nothing. The car was starting just fine. Everything was working just fine. And 
And maybe in retrospect, I should have taken it in, but you know, everything was working fine. I probably drove 150, 200 miles throughout the course of the week. So that led me to get to Saturday morning and I thought, all right, well, the car's driving fine. Let's go to Des Moines. So I wake up, I, you know, I get in the road and, and I'm making my way uh, close to the Illinois-Iowa state line when my check engine light comes on. And it's just this sinking feeling as soon as it happens because, okay, what what's happening? Now I'm three hours from home. And so I, I, I you know, coast my car off the, off the freeway. I, I probably was like a mile and a half away from an exit. So I, I get the car off. I mean, it's still running fine. It's still driving. It's just check engine lights on. And, uh, and so I get, I get off the, the freeway. There's a dealership right there, a Ford dealership. I have a Sonata, but you know, my, my mother worked in warranty and service manager for a long time. And I, I, I know that, you know, you can, you can check codes, even if it's not your brand car. So I went there and I said, Hey guys, look, can you help me out? It's, it's eight 45 in the morning on a Saturday. I said, I'm three hours from home. Check engine light came on. Can you throw a, throw a code reader on and, and they do. And the guy said, Hey, you have a misfiring engine. And well, that doesn't, you know, anytime with an engine, it just doesn't sound good. So I get my car towed to the Hyundai dealership, which is in Davenport, Iowa. I am in Geneseo, Illinois, which is about, um, you know, it's a 25, 25 miles or whatever. And while I have AAA roadside, that only gives you the first five miles are free. So I had to pay $175 just to get my car towed. And so I get there, and uh, and long story short, right? They they tell me that my spark plugs are bad. Well, I just got new spark plugs in June, and they said, well, your spark plugs are a centimeter and a half too short. And I don't know much about cars, so those of you who are listening to this who know about cars, feel free to shoot me an email at valpovictorybell at gmail and let me know what you know about this, right? And uh, and so they told me my my spark plugs were a centimeter and a half too short, and that was, you know, that was the problem. And they also said my ignition coil pack was bad, and that was going to be twenty five dollars a piece for the, for each of the four spark plugs, and then one hundred and fifty dollars for the ignition coil pack, and then the labor. So I'm looking at like six hundred seven hundred dollars for for this. And I said, all right, go ahead. I mean, it sucks. I didn't really want to deal with that, but uh, there you go. And so at this point, I'm doing the math. Like, can I get to Des Moines on time? I'm two hours and 15 minutes away from from Drake. And how long is it going to take to do this work? They had to go get the ignition coil pack from the store or whatever. And uh, and I'm just, wor- you know, I'm doing the math because now I think my car is going to be fine. And they tell me it's going to be, you know, we're just going to change these things and we're going to be fine. And so they said an hour to do the install, an hour for the diagnostic, and then you'll be on the road. Well, I'm doing the math, and and I'm just not going to be able to get to the game on time. The game kicks off, and I'm following the game along, right? Like, I'm, I'm just sitting there waiting for the car to be done so I can get on the road. And, and I'll still go to Des Moines because I'm still going to cover the women's soccer game the next day. And, uh, and then they come back in, the warranty manager, the service manager, excuse me, she comes in. And she says, well, we got some bad news. You're shooting oil out of your tailpipe and um, you got an engine problem. And I just kind of went into shock. And it was kind of like, are, are, are you kidding me? Like, what 
No, that's not that's not supposed to happen. This car I bought in 2020, it's uh, it's got over it's got a hundred thousand miles on it. I've driven it a lot, but uh, no, we're we're not what en- engine problem. And so sure enough, I go out there and there there is oil right there on the ground off the tailpipe, and uh, basically told me that I had a blown piston ring. They were going to give me a loaner uh, for for two days so I could go to Des Moines and, and do what I needed to do. And then they needed me back there Monday morning because they were going to run some more tests on it. So I hop in the car and, uh, and, and hop in the loaner car, which had 100 miles on it. They gave me a Kona and I drive to Des Moines and I pull into Des Moines just as the game ends, as the Valpo game ends. Uh, right, you know, I'm listening. Great job by Todd Icahn and Brandon Vickery, by the way, on WVUR. Listening to their broadcast on the drive on the TuneIn Radio app, it was great. Uh, I don't often get to hear Todd and Brandon do games because I'm often watching them or at them, and uh, and so that was great. And uh, and listening to that, and then obviously hearing the final play and hearing that Mikey Apple went out with an injury. And then hearing Jeffrey Jackson came in, threw a couple touchdowns, had the ball in his hand late in the game with a uh, really a chance to do a Hail Mary. And I talked to Jeffrey after the game, and, and you know, he, he went to step up to throw, and, and he just said, I, I didn't have enough time yet to get the receivers down the field. So he thought that he had to tuck it and run. He pitched it to an offensive lineman who pitched it to another offensive lineman who pitched it to Ryan Mann, who ran about 12 yards and then, then was tackled and the game was over forward lateral on the play anyway would have negated anything that that had occurred and so Valpo dropped that game uh really you know a tough 20 to 14 loss if you think about it here with the exception of the Youngstown State game Valpo's lost 24 22 36 30 and 2014 and they won 16 15 so it's it's trying to win these one score games like do you have the opportunity to do that and talking to Landon Fox after the game, talking to Jeffrey Jackson after the game, you could just tell just kind of how deflated they were. Uh, because again, another one score game that they felt like they had a chance to to win. And, you know, the defense has held opponents, uh, you know, to 24, 15, 20 in three of these games. And then, you know, against Marist, it was a shootout. The offense kind of did their part a little bit in that one, scoring 30. But the, you know, the defense couldn't get off the field on on a couple of those long, long drives, couldn't get off the field on third and fourth down. So it's been hit or miss, and uh, they'll go back to the drawing board this Saturday, October 14th, Moorhead State comes to Valpo. And so three of the next five games are at home, uh, Moorhead State, Dayton, and Stetson. They'll travel to Davidson, they'll travel to Butler before ending the season at St. Thomas. So six games remaining, and Valpo's banged up a little bit. They lost their tight end, Evan Jernigan. Uh, to a knee injury last week in practice. Don't know the status yet of Mikey Apple Jr. Don't know the status of some of the other players who got banged up in that game at Drake. But it'll uh, need to be all hands on deck against Moorhead State. Valpo won in a shootout last year, 40-35. to Colton Sherman picking off a pass in the end zone on the final play of the game. Valpo won a one-possession game last year against the Eagles, and and they're going to look to do that again this year and, and try to turn the tide there. So... I get there, I get, you know, I do the interviews and then it's like, all right, I'm, where am I going to stay in Des Moines? I knew where the team, where the soccer team was staying. And so I was like, you know what, I'm just going to go there. And, uh, and it's funny, I, I get to the hotel and, 
you know, they, they end up, they basically say, do you want to be on the floor with the team? And I said, no, but I don't think they knew what team I was talking about because there was also like an 11U softball team there and like a 12 or 13U baseball team staying there as well as the Valpo women's soccer team. And so sure enough, I'm smack dab on the floor with, with, you know, next to John Maravich and the players, which, you know, it's fine, whatever. I had a chance to have dinner with the team that night that got catered in Olive Garden. Just such a great group to be around. Really enjoyed that. And what really struck me in that experience of, it's been a long time since I've been with a Valpo team at a team hotel. I think basketball during one of the, during the first year of the victory bell, I was on a road trip and, and stayed at the team hotel and just kind of, you know, added that into a story. But uh, I thought it was interesting seeing these two travel baseball and softball teams there with these kids and parents who, you know, how many of them are going to continue on to be kind of elite athletes down the line or how many of them are kind of peaking in their athletic experience right now. And, the kids were running up and down the halls in the uh, in the hotel, and the parents were pounding drinks in the lobby, playing some horse racing board game that the dads were betting on, and it, it was a wild party. And I thought, how interesting the juxtaposition of that versus how many of those kids or how many of those parents have aspirations of their children to become Division One athletes, and here's a Division One athletic team upstairs on the top floor uh, trying to get some sleep because they have a big game the next day. And at one point I'm walking back to my room and some of the kids are running around and, and uh, the 10 year olds, 11 year olds are running around. And one of the Valpo players opens her door and says, I'm about to go complain, um, you know, because we're trying to get some sleep. We got a big game tomorrow. And it was just why it was just interesting. And I was ready to go complain as well. So um, it's just interesting to think uh, that juxtaposition between. And then in the morning, we're we're going to breakfast. And I said to a couple of the players, I was on the elevator. I said, does this remind you of when you were in travel soccer? And, And they all said, absolutely. This is exactly what life was like back then. So that was kind of fun to see that. Go back to Drake, actually covered a game at Drake this time. And uh, the soccer game, oh, it was brutal. Valpo scores a goal on a, a, a really fun corner. Uh, they get it. Allie Anderson gets it in. Lauren Cook gets her head on the ball. It goes off the crossbar right to the head of Peyton Evans, who uh, she knocks it in for her first collegiate goal. And Valpo's up one nothing. And, the, you, you know, you just feel at halftime all the momentum with Valpo. They got a three-time goalkeeper of the year back there. Uh, you got a, a really good defense. You're down a couple players. Lindsey DeSatko is out, one of the best attacking players in the league. Abby White got mauled in a play against Illinois State, and her back got messed up. So she was a game-time decision, and they ended up sitting her out. And so it, it, just, it was tough, and Drake finally got some chances to go. They got behind Valpo, and uh, Nicole Norfolk went for a play and, and ended up getting called for a penalty, and they scored the penalty kick to tie the game. And then seven minutes later, Drake gets another goal, kind of a little bit of a breakdown, and uh, and, and Drake takes the lead. It is the first time in, in several years that this senior class has given up multiple goals in a conference match. Um, it, it's just It just hasn't happened. And... It was the first loss of the year in conference, but after three ties in a row, it felt doubly tough. And so John Maravich and the team met for like a half hour in the locker room after the game, 
very eerily reminiscent of Friday night when the volleyball team met for about a half hour. And it feels like for both those teams, at the midway point of conference play, you suffer a tough loss and and you want to make sure that you regroup a little bit. And and it was just seeing the volleyball players come out of the locker room on Friday, looking like they'd seen a ghost, seeing the soccer players come out of the locker room on Sunday, looking like they'd seen a ghost, uh, seeing the football players on Saturday coming out of the locker room, you know, angry and frustrated the way that some of the officiating was in that game. You know, Valpo had a, a strip on a kickoff return where they picked it up and ran it in for a touchdown, and the refs called forward progress was down, which is an absurd call to make. And going back and looking at that play, and uh, and look, you know, did they lose the game because of that one play? It didn't help. And it is a brutal weekend all the way around. Volleyball did get a five-set win over Bradley, but Bradley hadn't won a set in conference all year. So clearly all of the Valpo teams had a weekend to forget more or less. And, you know, and, and they'll all pick up the pieces. Southern Valpo soccer is at Southern Illinois on Thursday. Uh, Volleyball is going on the road, I think, to Indiana State and Evansville. And football is going to be at home against Moorhead State, and and you've got you got the opportunity to kind of pick up the pieces and go forward. But it was a brutal weekend, which takes me back to my situation. So I drive that night to uh, still have the loner. So after the soccer match is done on Sunday, I stopped at the University of Iowa, met up with Ben Cricky for a little bit. He gave me a tour of Iowa's facilities, and I just got to spend a little bit of time with Ben, which is great. It's just a class, class guy and uh, someone who I've really appreciated over the years. I'll tell you this about Ben Cricky. When the chips were down for the Valpo basketball team and the team wasn't doing well, Ben was the guy that got it brought into all the press conferences. He was the guy that was basically made, and, and, and by my own request, right, like, you know, we, we, the branded Vickery always says, who do you want to talk to? Well, Cricky was the leader of the team. So we were going to talk to Cricky and talk to him after a ton of losses. And generally, if the team won, it was probably because somebody else did something in addition to Cricky. And so I think someone else would always get the glory. And, uh, and so to that end, he, Ben taught me a lot about what it means to be, uh, you know, have resolve as a player when things aren't going well. And uh, I'll always admire that quality in him. He's just a good dude, just a really good guy that I got to know over four years. So it was fun to to spend a little bit of time with him, just giving me a tour. And and I could just see the excitement that he has for this upcoming year. I, I'm the biggest Iowa basketball fan right now just because I, I hope he does really well. Just a great kid and uh, and enjoyed that. And so walking around with him for an hour helped me forget a little bit about <laughs> what was facing me and I got into Davenport, Iowa and, you know, stayed, stayed the night, woke up the next morning, drove over and, uh, and yep, they're telling me that the engine is shot. It's an $8,800 repair. And, um, then they said, do you want to talk to a sales guy and, and get a car today? And I, no, thank you. You know, <laughs> like, what are we doing here? Um, you know, certainly the number one rule of buying a car is make sure you have as much leverage as possible. And uh, I, I would have had no leverage, none at all, to be able to, to you know, the last, when I bought this car that I have now that's currently dead, uh, I got up and I walked out of the dealership and, and was getting in my car to drive home. And they ran after me and said, we'll give you 6000 more off. Okay, now we're talking. 
I didn't have that ability here. So no, I'm not buying a car in Iowa, which I'd have to get retitled in Indiana and all of that. But it was, uh, it was tough. It was tough to realize that that my car, which I just got a couple of years ago, I'm still making payments on, is, is dead. And the, the mechanic telling me there was nothing I could have done. So um, it sits in Iowa now. I, I got home and uh, and I'll get, got a car hauler coming next week to get my car out of Iowa. And I'll actually get it taken up to Wisconsin where my family is and uh, and got some, some gearheads up there who might take a look at it a little bit and maybe play around with it and see if it's salvageable or, or whatnot. Uh, in the interim, if any of you guys out there, uh, have got a car sitting around that you're trying to get rid of or, or you're not using or anything like that, um, valpovictorybell at gmail.com. Let me know. I'm, I'm certainly open to all ears of, uh, of possibilities here as I'm looking for a short-term option. It's, uh, yeah, it just, you know, I'm sure, Many of you out there have dealt with this before and, and a car dies or something like that. And you're just like, whoa, w- this isn't supposed to happen. You know, like <laughs> it's just uh, it was very, very difficult. So looking back on the weekend, it was miserable from the from the results that the Valpo teams got to my car situation to, to all of that. Uh, really just not a fun weekend, but one that I had so much hope for going in. I was so excited to go to Des Moines. I'd never covered a game at Drake before. Uh, beautiful facility there that they're replacing, basically, because they've got a new soccer stadium opening up next week. It's a it's partnered with the city. Imagine that. And um, they, it's a high school football field slash college soccer field. And they're going to they're going to kind of bounce different athletic events between that. And it looked beautiful. It's just right on Drake's campus. And um, so, I, again, I enjoyed being there to a degree, enjoyed my time with the women's soccer team on the road, but did not enjoy uh, my car trying to blow up on me. I guess the, the silver lining is that there was oil in the tailpipe. There was oil kind of coursing through the car. Oil can catch on fire. I guess my car could have blown up with me in it. That didn't happen. So I guess we got to look for the silver lining. Again, looking ahead to this weekend, uh, you know, volleyball's on the road for the next two weeks. Women's soccer has got senior day on Sunday. You've got football at home on Saturday. And then something I'm really excited about uh, Valpo men's basketball is doing a, a open practice at 1030 on Saturday. And I hope that many of you get a chance to come out and come say hi to me if you, if you can. A uh, little double header of men's basketball and football. Uh, chance to see the guys, see the players out there. They do an autograph session. They're going to, it's Beacon's birthday. That's exciting. And, uh, but you know, this would be a chance. It's not a midnight madness thing, but it's at least inclusive to everybody. Valpo the last couple of years has done kind of the season ticket holder event, which has been nice for, for people who are season ticket holders. But I think this is going to be a little bit more open. Uh, it's, it's free to all come on out. You know, hear from Roger Powell, see the players, meet the players, get a chance to understand kind of what Valpo's got. And for me, it will be the first time to see these guys kind of in a scrimmage situation. I've been to a few practices, but this might be the first time to get the chance to see them out on the court uh, in, in, in a scrimmage situation. So I'm looking forward to that. So uh, going forward here, we, I've got some big stories that are planned Got a really inspiring football story that's coming out in the next couple of days and a long form piece of journalism that I've been working on for about a month now uh, will be coming out next week as well. Um, these two stories, uh, the football one again coming here in, in you know 
prior to Saturday's game. And then the piece next week is, is something that I've been working on a lot. Uh, it's why th- there hasn't been a lot of additional content other than games. A little bit I've been doing, I've, I've, I've put 15 hours into this other story so far of, of reporting and, and, and interviewing and things. Um, I think you'll really, really find it interesting when that story comes out next week. Uh, it's it's specific to one sport on Valpo's campus right now, but it's really a story that could uh, really be about any other sport as well. So uh, looking forward to, to sharing that with you and looking forward to figuring out my car situation. So again, appreciate all the support. We'll be back here next week from St. Louis, Missouri Valley Conference Media Day, Men's Basketball Media Day on the 17th, Women's Basketball Media Day on the 24th, and we'll have a lot more content coming as we are inching closer to basketball season. Thank you guys again for the support, and I'll catch you later on this week. <music>